0: First all, I went over to the Mad Genius website, and it was one of the coolest websites I've ever seen. It took like the whole company to make that website, but uh, um, I got to do a lot of the development on that, which was fun. And just to be clear, what kind of company is it? Oh yeah, so we're an advertising agency.
1: Um, we do everything from you know, websites, um, print, uh, video, small, medium-sized business, and then we have some larger clients. Some, you know, might take
0: advantage of all of our services. Some might take advantage of just a website. Some might need just a commercial. So, how many people did it take to design it? And what's the URL so people can like check it out and stuff?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, magi.com. We do work on client sites, uh, you know, most of the time, and it's really hard to find the time to do to take time to do agency stuff, you know, internal projects. Our boss asked us if we wanted to. And they would provide us with uh, a catering food and they had this whole thing where we designed a patch for our lab code and stuff, but we basically had a hackathon to just try to smash out as much work on the, because we, we had an older, uh, maybe it was using a theme, a pre-made theme before. Um, I can't remember. Maybe it was like a modified theme, but it had been there for years and like we really wanted to change it to show off how good our design team and everything was now. Um, and so... Uh, we did that, and it was it's it's a lot of work because we have um, a lot of content on that site. Uh, we have that video on the homepage. Yeah, that's just I mean that took in and of itself several people to like. We have a um, a whole video production team, you know, and so they have a, a big studio, and and uh, so they were down there working on that, and the dev team was working on getting the foundation laid for the website, and the designers were simultaneously working on different, uh, parts of the site. Um, the content people were trying to scramble to get all of our, you know, we wanted portfolio for our portfolio, um, and case studies and all the, you know, all the organization of content, um, categorizing it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, we didn't, we didn't get finished with it in a weekend, but, um, but it was important to uh, you know get the get the ball rolling, and then we uh, finished it up uh, as we could in the months following.
0: So, when you first started getting into web dev, was working for an ad agency something that you considered? Was it something that you were looking for, or did it just kind of happen that way?
1: Um, a little bit of all of that stuff. So, uh, I I was a freelancer before that, but I definitely enjoyed the designing and making websites more than the tracking right. down leads and writing contracts part and so um and and so I was definitely looking for something and I forgot exactly when but I came across the Genius website and I just thought it was a really cool I liked, I liked the logo like the analogy of the mad scientist you know I really like that the culture seemed cool um, and they had good work in their portfolio versus like other companies I had looked at, um, and so it was it was probably um, a year after I knew about them before I worked for them. But um, yeah, I, I, once I saw their once I saw their website, I was kind of determined I was going to get a job there.
0: <laughs> How did that process work? So you saw the website, and so between the time when you saw the website and it took you a year before you started working for them, like what happened?
1: I think I saw, I forgot when I saw a job application exactly, or a job ad, they were advertising for an interactive designer. And and I had just read some article about, you know, if there's a job that you want, then you need to make yourself stand out by, uh, I think somebody was working for Evernote and they had like, went ahead and they wanted to work in onboarding for Evernote and they had, st- they had literally started doing the work that they would do, even though they weren't even hired yet. And they were just, they just applied and said, Hey, I've started doing this or whatever. So I was, I, I was inspired by this weird method of going about it. So I think I like, wow, that's their, really cool. Yeah. So I think I went on their website and, and looked for some sort of browser like CSS bug that they had and just figured out a fix for it. And then I applied and was like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but like on this page, this happens and you can fix it with the CS test. That yeah.
0: is so smart. That's like one of the smartest things I've ever heard. Wow. I don't know. I felt real stupid later for doing that. But, <laughs> Did um, they mention it during the interview process or after you got hired or anything at all?
1: Yeah, they re- they mentioned it a little bit. I forgot. I don't remember what they said now. That's been kind of years ago, but um, since 2015 anyway. But um, And this was actually at when I originally applied was like in 2014. Team maybe but they had the the ad had already been up for like 30 days and it turns out they had already just filled the position um and so but they kept me on their radar they had uh you know i met I'm, i did get, i did do an interview um and um we met for coffee and talked and they were like yeah we've we're really interested in you but we've filled the position already but like we might send some work your way or we just want to like keep in touch or whatever. So, um, and then a year later, um, I saw that there, they had another opening and I applied. And then as soon as I applied, they immediately contacted me and I met with them and they made me an offer. And yep, I started, I actually started, um, I like to remind people about this, but I started on
0: uh, May 4th, which uh, we all know is Star Wars day. Oh my god! I'm gonna say something really embarrassing. I've never seen Star Wars.
1: I knew I knew it was coming.
0: <laughs> and I'm gonna I once had a really, really, really important. I'm. I, I hope this person doesn't hear. This, but I had a really important business meeting once, and it was like a very transactional, um, like hey, like let's talk about buying each other's companies meeting. And this guy in the middle of the meeting was like, "Yeah, Star Wars." And I just happened to mention, like, in this, like, whatever for me, high stakes for the rest of the world, very low stakes, but for me, high stakes negotiation. <laughs> I just happened to mention that I never saw Star Wars. And he literally, he looked at me like I had five heads for like the rest of the interview. I the rest of like the meeting <laughs> and it would last him for like five hours. And then every half an hour, he would ask me again, like you really never saw Star Wars. You never? And I, and I just, never, and I am a geek and I am all that stuff, but I just missed that train. I don't know why. That's the same for me too. I mean, uh, I've only like I've seen the Harry Potter movies, but I haven't read the books
1: and people in the office were just like, bye, you're dead to me now. And so like that You know, they were like, they're they're joking. They're joking. But like, yeah, it's like hardcore.
0: It is right now. Yeah. You got to really know all your shit, especially you need to have both a wide and uh, deep yeah. knowledge yeah. of geek fandom. In it. And you mentioned the culture a couple of times. What do you like most about the culture working there? Um,
1: uh, yeah, it's cool. They have, um, they have kind of like this idea that, uh, that all the departments should work together. Their whole, their, their is creative fusion, which is supposed to be for like clients, um, uh, making sure that you don't have fractures in your, in your messaging from like platform to platform or whatever. Like make sure that your, your print, your video, your web is all on the same page.
0: But it all like a streamlined branding message. Yeah,
1: but then internally it also means like that that developers, designers, copywriters kind of can blend their skill sets together in ways so like we will start projects off um, by um, making teams of just like it might be like a designer and a copywriter, or like a developer and a designer, but we'll split off into like two person groups. And just brainstorm ideas for a new, like for us, for an upcoming project, like redesign or whatever. So we'll we'll create um, style tiles. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but it's kind of like a mm-hmm. kind of like a mood board thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, we'll do that, and we'll uh, we might sketch out uh, uh, like some kind of website experience, like interactive experience idea, or we might uh, we'll write down a bunch of headlines. Um, and like, I can, so they'll have stuff on the walls at work, uh, you know, like in the office, um, like a logo. Then we might be doing a re, rebrand for a, like re, redesigning a logo. I'm not invited to that meeting necessarily as a web developer, but I can literally just like go up where they're like all standing around looking at them. They might be having a, a check-in they're like, yeah, like I think this or that. And I'm not good at designing logos, but I'm fascinated by logo design. So I'll just, like uh, kind of like kinda just roll up in my wheelchair right behind them and just like butt in and then be like, yeah, I think I um, just start giving my
0: opinion. Too. And it's totally cool. Yeah, it's totally cool. Yeah, it's totally cool. It sounds like really awesome. I like really want to work there now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good place to work. It's, it's fun. What do you, how did your approach to website making kind of change and development change after working there? Because it sounds like you learned a lot of new stuff, right?
1: Basically, what I learned at Mad Genius was that a website is way more than just, you know, some code and some words. It's like, I mean, it takes our direction and graph design and writing and, um, and coding and like project management and like, um, and also something that I call diplomacy, which is just like, you know, trying to manage the, the relationships between the you know the, the agency, the client, like the the users,
0: the business needs, the users' needs, all that kind of stuff. That was what I used to hate about freelancing because people always assumed. I always felt that people were like, "Oh yeah, you can have this done in an hour, right?" And it's like, no, it's just, this is not drag and drop, my friend.
1: I was asked one time, like, what's one thing I wish people knew more about web like development, and yeah, it was exactly that. Like, people might think that it's like. Opening a Word document and just like making a website or
0: something, but it's like could not be further from the way it actually works for most people. I guess. Uh, No, it's whenever I whenever someone says something like, "Oh, that must be easy," I'm like, "I have never come across anything ever that's easy." So, like, you know, nothing's easy. That's like a that's like a thing to live by. Yeah, right. It's like if you can major in it, then it's harder than you think, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so you support NMD United. Do you want to talk a little bit about what they do?
1: It's not like going into the more um, you know controversial aspects of it. There's, there's definitely like I think most people know like say um, a big a big organization like um, MDA. Are you familiar with MDA, Muscular Dystrophy Association? Yeah, a lot of people are. Yeah. So, and actually, I, I, I mean, I, there's I like MDA, um, but like also. Um, they're very like big and they're they cover lots of different disabilities and they also uh, uh, are very much they have like a big research focus and and um, I mean, they have a lot of, you know, they do a lot of things where uh, whereas uh, something that gets underrepresented sometimes is uh, like adults with uh, with like muscular dystrophy. I have spinal muscular atrophies. It's similar. Like also in this umbrella of disabilities is like ALS. Um, So uh, yeah, neuromuscular disabilities. That's what the the NMD stands for. I mean, I guess if you're like a medical researcher, you might not necessarily call them similar, but they kind of fit under an umbrella um, of conditions. But they all have common like symptoms, like very severe weakness. Like you probably need to use like a power wheelchair, and uh, you probably have very limited like uh, motor uh, function or that, that almost certainly gets worse over time. Like that's, these are all kind of traits of all those conditions. Um, and so there's a lot of, there's a, there was kind of a lack of um, resources for adults with these conditions and like just adults being able to find other adults that also had this condition. So this kind of all was born out of a, a private Facebook group um, that I used to be in. I'm not in now only because I deleted Facebook, but that's like a whole other can of worms, but the this this organization was born out of that group, so you got like a so the, the entire organization is founded by and run by adults who have these conditions, and then the the programs that they uh, champion are programs that directly affect adults that have these conditions. So uh, one thing that we commonly have to do, that's kind of like, it's kind of like a tedious thing that like big nonprofits may not really think about that much, but like something we literally do a lot of is hiring caregivers. Like that's like a thing I'm constantly having to do, like interview, take applications, interview people. And I'm a web developer, so I can do things like set up a WordPress site with like a gravity form and take applications and look through them. But I don't even know how a lot of people do it because I I get lots of applications that are no good and I need to have like a process for doing this or otherwise it would be my full-time job. Um, uh, And and then that's, and then, you know, I'm lucky enough to to be employed and to have money to, to advertise my ads. Whereas, I mean, a lot of people with disabilities have trouble finding employment because, you know, Employment for people with disabilities sucks. NMD United has some cool things like uh, they do grants that literally are just like, hey, we'll give you like a hundred bucks or fifty bucks or whatever it is to like just throw it towards some advertising for your caregivers. Like if you're trying to hire, or or they'd be like, hey, we'll like we have a grant, like we'll give you a uh, what are they called? The, the Amazon, the, it's like the dot, the, the little small echo, whatever that's called. Um, I, I don't know because I'm like in the Apple ecosystem, so I have a HomePod, but like it's really handy because it's this is like we can all this smart home stuff is like really handy for us because uh, stuff that you would get from like medical providers do the job, like do what a HomePod, do less than what a HomePod or an Echo can do and do it worse and do it for like a 100 times the cost. Some device like that can mean like, uh, having control over the environment that we didn't have before. So that's a cool grant that they do. And they just, uh, they do a bunch of stuff. I'd have to almost go look to see what else they do. But, um, and they also facilitate connecting with um, other adults with conditions and also like just navigating all the resources, like, uh, like knowing about all the different public benefits that are out there and, like how to qualify for what and like how to deal with like government
0: stuff. Do you find that the tech industry is, for the most part, accommodating for a person with a disability?
1: I can't I can speak for the whole industry, but, like, definitely matching is has been good. I mean, I'm actually, they, um, I'm, I'm currently been working from home because of um, some medical reasons. And they, they don't, they're not a remote company, so I don't want to, like, represent them wrong. But they do let me work from home when I need to and they let me come up to the office where like, I can kind of just, you know, I keep them posted but I can, they're flexible with me. I mean, they, you know, and they also like, um, you know, anything I needed when I was in the office, they, let me. they are happy to provide. So, yeah, I mean, that's been pretty good. Um, I don't know about the industry as a whole though. I know that, I know that the trend of, or I don't know if you can call it a trend but, just the fact that this industry is conducive to remote work in general is probably a good thing, but I mean, I don't know. they kind of, you do lose, like, like I said, one of the cool things about my genius is the office. <laughs> so, you, you know, you do lose like that kind of thing, but which uh, I don't know. It's, that's the whole debate about whether remote work is good or bad, but, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as it being accessible, I think, Uh that's a good that's a that's a good point on the side of the industry, I guess.
0: So when did your kind of love affair with WordPress begin? I needed some software for a blog. (laughs) And like I think at the
1: time it was like WordPress one point five. I had a little bit of trouble setting it up. I don't even think I ended up going with it. I think I did blogger for a while instead. And then I don't remember when I went back to it, but I kept my eye on it after that. I remember thinking I needed to, I needed to know more about, uh, servers and like configuration or, uh, I don't remember if they had the easy install back then or whatever, but I knew I was a total, like, web developer newbie also. So, I mean, I was still trying, like, at that time I was probably still laying out pages with tables and like trying to figure out why CSS was good. (laughs) I eventually came back around to it and I was like, this this is cool. And I set up a thing and then I started, then I, you know, uh inevitably i was as i was becoming more of like a web designer developer i was like i don't like this pre-made theme and i was like i need to make some modifications to it you know and then it's like i want to make a theme from scratch like and then it's just like oh that's like all she wrote after that
0: so now i feel like with when 5.0 came out the the gutenberg thing was a total kind of disaster for the world it felt like
1: yeah I don't know what I think about it, um exactly, but uh, I do think that probably like people seriously overreacted, especially considering that like if you just absolutely don't want to use it, you can literally just install the classic editor, yeah, it's really easy, yeah, most people should probably be able to i guess admit that WordPress needs something to help it compete with like the wixes and Weebly's and whatever else of the world that are like. I don't know. Maybe it's a page. I don't know. It's just people. There's been so many times where it's like you'll be in the editor and like you could see what like a client was trying to do. And you're like, uh, yeah, we really need like an advanced custom field or whatever for this. But like they tried to do it in the WYSIWYG. But like you can't blame them because it should be possible or something like like just to lay out two things side by side. Or I don't know if you saw uh, like Matt Mullenweg's like uh, state, what is it called? State of the what
0: is it called? His big like word camp talk that he does every year, whatever that is. Oh no, I've never even seen that.
1: Yeah. Like Sir, so Matt Mullenweg, you know, creative WordPress. Uh, he does like a big, like state of the union type of WordPress talk at like uh, at a word camp every year. And like back when this was like a year or more ago, like introducing Gutenberg. And it was like, it's, he pointed out how hard it was to just, uh, he was like, okay, quick. How do you put two images next to each other in a word in a WordPress post? And like <laughs> everybody was just like laughing. And he was like, Yeah, it's like there's things that are hard to do on WordPress that should be easy. And so that was what Gutenberg set out to solve. I don't know whether it solved it or not, I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience with it yet. So I couldn't say. But that's the that was the issue.
0: I personally am a fan, although we do use the classic editor a lot, but I think that. Um, you know, Gutenberg reminds me of like a simpler version of like theme co pro, which I always, um, kind of say is a really, really good theme for WordPress theme developers. Cause it does a lot of stuff kind of quicker and it, there's a lot of automatic, um, minifying of the CSS and JS files and stuff. Uh, so, and mm-hmm. yeah, in that respect, I like it. I'm not familiar with it, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I should show you one. it's, it's Drop really cool. a link in the yeah. Thing, yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I I really like it like that. And you're right. It, it does need to compete with that. And it, it was just kind of like funny to me how much like the world overreacted, um, especially like coming from the world of comics where people are also overreacting. Um, but just to see people reacting, overreacting about a text editor was amazing. I guess with all like the uh,
1: humanitarian, political, social issues that you could potentially be concerned about, but like spend a lot of like effort on like but this text editor is not good enough or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah. exactly how yeah. I feel about it.
1: I actually don't. I'm actually, I mean, I don't mind it so far, um, but some, but I'm so, I guess my workflow is so built around like sh- more, sh- more structured data, that I, like, uh, like custom fields that I can just query in my theme, like at will and just put in different places that, I'm just not mentally like, I, can't, I haven't wrapped my head around how to use it.
0: Right. It is a different way of thinking I mean, because there's, a, you have to kind of stop what you're doing in the middle and do something else and then stop again and go back. However, it's, I feel that when I finish that I don't have to go back and do as much later. There's not like a lot of cleanup because everything is more kind of specialized. And I think that that's an excellent point. Uh, whoever brought that up about, you know, how to put two images side by side in WordPress. It used to be really hard. And now it's really, really easy. The
1: person I imagine is that does a lot of the the content like work, um, especially like putting an in initial content into WordPress sites for clients. Um, like I think she like does like it a lot for that. Um, for that reason, because yeah, like before she would have to be like, Hey, like I
0: I really need to do XYZ, and like I need a designer and developer to help me, and now she can just do it. So that's cool. Do you mess around with the REST API much? I have a little bit. I really want to use it like a lot more. I just haven't, but I've used it some and I really, I'm into it. Can you talk a little bit about how much that extends the functionality of WordPress? Because I really think it's amazing. Yeah, it's
1: amazing. I mean, since I've only dabbled with it, I, I, I'm sure other uh, people could say more, but I mean, just Having experience with APIs in general I mean uh, it's cool because it's just all of your all of your stuff can be completely all of your content can be accessed and interacted with completely separate from any of the like WordPress templating stuff that you're used to so completely other applications uh when we've we've definitely used it at mad Genius for uh, clients who Needed to have several applications access the same uh, database for stuff. And so we, we made several web applications that like would hit the REST API and, uh, and uh, show different. I mean, all using the same WordPress install, but like three different domains, two different websites with three different purposes, but that all had access to just that same WordPress site which you really couldn't do with just like theme template, theme theme templating. Um uh, you know that's you'd have to have like a WordPress multi site or I don't know something really I don't even know what you would do there. But yeah that's that's a cool thing about APIs is that they can be combined with other ones. Yeah. So like it's like uh that's stuff like um like uh what is it called? Um if this then that do you, you know about that service that like Connects
0: all these APIs together. Oh, um I have heard of it, like through a discussion of Z- via Zapier or something like that.
1: Zapier, yeah,
0: that's the other one. Yeah, like I, I've always wanted to use those, but can't ever think of what I want to do. But
1: like, because I have like decision paralysis because of how much thing, how many things you could possibly do, and that, and that just that just puts WordPress in the mix. And once you, they WordPress in that mix, it's just like wow, that's like a lot of stuff. <laughs>
0: What do you think WordPress does really, really, really well? And what would you like to see it do better kind of in the future? Uh, clients that have come to us and we're about to,
1: we're about to redo their website. Um, and, but sometimes we might need to maintain their existing site for a little while um, because we're still working on the new one or whatever. And, um, uh, and they'll have, I mean, one of these like WordPress monstrosities of whether they have got like 80 million plugins installed and like, and like, it's, you wonder how the site even loads and it's bad that it's being abused at that point. But then also, I'm kind of like secretly impressed with both like WordPress and PHP that you can make something that bad and it will still load. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's, whereas like, I feel like one, uh, like if I'm dealing with like stuff with NPM, I feel like one little one little problem with one dependency will just like make my whole project not build or whatever. But but with like PHP, I can just like drop that code right in the server and like it can be the worst code. Uh, there's a there's actually a talk where the guy who made PHP is talking about how PHP is especially good at running bad code. Like it does all kinds of like optimizations and things to to make it so that it can run your bad code faster, <laughs> which is it's. It's not that you should be writing bad code, but I mean, everyone everyone's not the same coding level. So, I mean, I'm kind of of the mindset that, uh, you know, the, 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 program, the programming language and the computer in general should be forgiving of the user and attempt to do what they wanted, you know? And so I really like that about WordPress. I, I don't know, it's a stretch to say, like that's something that WordPress does very well because you should never have, that's not how you should be doing WordPress sites like, anyway. But I think that's something that it does well. It's kind of resilient in that way. And I kind of like that. I like kind of the knowledge that it's, it's resilient. I'm, I'm, I'm less afraid that I'll just completely screw it up
0: or whatever. What do you think are the most important skills that WordPress devs need to have? Like, especially in terms of programming languages and stuff.
1: HTML, CSS, JavaScript fundamentals are like the single most important thing that every web developer should try to be as good as possible, even though it seems to me like the industry doesn't reward that because it seems like the industry is more like, uh, it seems like they, it's like a, a job might say, like you need to know how to use like this framework or that framework to get this job, which I do understand if they need somebody to hit the ground running, but,
0: I'm a big believer in fundamentals too. I, I think that a lot of, you know, that's true about a lot of different disciplines, right? So it makes a lot of sense.
1: I mean, that's, WordPress is how I learned PHP. Uh, so, I mean, PHP, I mean, I guess you would be even better at it if you learned PHP first, and I'm not sure. Uh, I probably
0: learned how to do PHP the wrong way because I learned PHP from WordPress. But I was going to bring up fonts and stuff, but it sounds like you're more on the dev side, right? I, at work, I mainly, I mainly am now. Uh, and I kind of requested it to be that way, but I actually started,
1: um, more as, uh, uh, like split even 50, 50 development design. Um, I've just recently become really, really interested in the code aspect, but, um, but I'm still a total, uh, design nerd also. Um, so what's your favorite fonts?
0: Um, my favorite font will probably always be a sans. I like to think almost any device system font, in the right hands, is beautiful. Yeah, this is a really good time for me to drop drop, drop this link. But
1: um, um, so uh, typography dot com. That's a that's an online book. Um, it's uh, not technically free in that uh, the author would like you to contribute for it if you read it and get something out of it. But I mean, it's technically free to access. And um, he has, um, he has a whole font recommendations. Yeah. I'll just put a link, but he has a whole font recommendations chapter. Yeah. Imagine this. Um, Also, since this is like the gospel according to Blake, I should put my, I have this little side project that like, uh, I just want to like give my shout out to you no one no one no one no, yeah, yeah the d and d one yeah that that one too this this one is like a thing that I made for myself it actually so this is a new tab page for your browser. it's called a fine start a fine start dot me um and uh it's funny because um like any so anybody who's used it thinks it's helpful but like almost no one uses it but then like chris coyer of css tricks uses it Ooh, this is so cool yeah he he wrote he wrote like an article from medium that was like chrome extensions that i actually use and i was wondering where my all this traffic was randomly coming from one day and it was because in this article like right next to like one password and like other like huge great extensions he's just like and here's this like really like low key new tab page. And I'm like, oh, oh, my gosh, I'm obsessed with this now. Yeah, I mean, it's t- so to me, it's not for I mean, anybody can do it how they want, I guess. But to me, it's it's not necessarily for bookmark storage. Like I still use uh, I use Pinboard for bookmarks, um, which is the, you know, the formerly the competitor of Delicious. I don't know if you remember Delicious from back in the day. Um, they actually uh, recently bought Delicious because Delicious you know, got ruined by Yahoo, passed around like a hot potato until Pinboard, which is just a one man and an intern uh, company. <laughs> uh, but yeah, recently Pinboard like acquired Delicious, which is hilarious anyway. But um, I still use, so I still recommend something like that for just bookmark storage because I don't have a search capability or anything like that. But I mean, my thing is that like I said before, I don't have a little trouble typing. Um, So like I use it, I have to use like a a key, an on-screen keyboard, um, which most OSs have built in. um, And like, that's a whole other topic too, but uh, an on-screen keyboard. And um, so I'm very mouse oriented, which is the opposite of most developers. I feel like the thing with developers is always like how to stay on the keyboard more and like all your keyboard shortcuts and like never touch the mouse again and all that stuff. But I'm like the opposite. like, How can I do all these tasks with the mouse instead of the keyboard? And so one of them is I don't want to, when I open a new tab, I don't want to have to just type what I want all the time. Like I want to be able to just click, especially if it's places I go to all the time. So that's, and, and at the time that I I started working on this, um, Safari, especially had this really obnoxious new tab page that made it look like a whole, uh, Uh, like a panorama or like it was like a bunch of tv it was like a bunch of screenshots of sites that like a bunch of tvs like they had yeah they were no but this was like they were curved they were like concave and like they had that and they had that like old school apple um floor reflection like glass reflection technique added at the bottom of it it was just obnoxious anyway i i just for for whatever reason i mean it's if it worked for people cool but I can't stand having little screenshots of web pages. That does nothing for me. I mean, it's, to me, they're barely recognizable half the time. I don't know, I just want, um, I just want to link. I just want to link, that's just the name of the one. I don't even do favicons, which I have one uh, guy at work that uses, my, uh, uses my, my extension and he's constantly requesting that I add favicons and I'm kind I keep saying, yeah, I might do that at some point. <laughs> I just haven't done it yet. Um, but like, cause I'm such a snob or whatever, but anyway, uh, no, nah, it's just, it's like time, time to work on side projects, you know, but
0: yeah, I it's favicons. I mean, they're beautiful, but not necessary.
1: It, yeah. They just, they don't really add much. I, I thought of making it optional or whatever, but it, they don't add much to the point of
0: a fine start, which is to just open the page and quickly kind of click on the link that you want to get to. So. That's really cool. So what about your main website? We should tell people how to get there and all these other all this other fun stuff.
1: Yeah, so um so dot that's my personal webpage. Um I, I love personal web, I'm not about personal web pages. Like I, I think like everybody should just have a weird personal homepage. Like the weirder the better, really. Uh, yeah. So BlakeWatson.com. and then um, I have uh, you know, I, I really don't cover my projects well on my website yet. I'm trying to figure out at the moment how I want to do that, but I have a finestar.me and I have a um, um a Mac a dice roller from Mac, like an RPG uh, dice roller for Mac called D20, and it's at a uh, D20 app.me. Um, so that's for like rolling all your crazy like. Dice combinations like a D20 plus a D6 plus three or whatever. And then it'll, it'll record your roles and like show you critical hits, critical misses. And you can have presets so you can have a preset that's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a long sword or like whatever. And you can make presets for your different. Uh, uh, but It's not, it's, it's game engine agnostic. It's just a dice roller,
0: but yeah. Uh, where do you find the time to do all this? Holy shit, I feel so freaking lazy. I, I have no life, man. I don't know. All I do is just
1: code.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like the smart way to do something. I mean, I'm like, wow. That's all I do, too. We seem to get a lot more done than I do. It
1: doesn't feel like it. This is like, I mean, a bunch of this stuff is like old stuff that I'm already like, I want to like update, but I haven't had the time. Um, but D20, especially... I'm very excited about it. Like, Apple just made a bunch of announcements at WWDC, and one of them was um, Swift UI. And uh, anyway, I'm, I haven't been able to get into like native Map Perim, but Swift UI looks a whole lot like React and view and stuff to the point where I think it may even uh, make like React Native and stuff like that obsolete for Mac. I don't know. Uh, that might be a strong statement, but. It really looks like the barrier to entry to do it is pretty low. Like they've really tried to make it easy to, to code uh, apps for and Swift UI is not Mac specific. So Swift UI it was for like it's like for Apple TV, iOS and um, Mac and like the watch. Of course, this is proprietary. I mean, well, Swift is not proprietary, but you mean this is these are all for proprietary platforms. I mean, so yeah, take that as you will, but uh, but for D twenty, I used um, Electron because you know web. That's what I knew. Um, so, but I've always been trying to. I I know I don't need a Electron. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Electron. Probably. Oh, wow, okay. Do you, what text editor do you use? Uh, I use brackets. Okay, that's not Electron. Yeah, that's uh that's the, that's the other one. <laughs> it's yeah. So it's like brackets. I think you can make. You can make apps with I think they, they offer like bracket shell bracket shell or something. It's but it's basically you're, you're you're essentially running like Chrome and probably node. I don't know what brackets uses exactly, but I like trying to use this Chromium and node together to allow you to create apps with, you know, web technologies and brackets is
0: the same thing, um, but probably like done differently. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I thought it was a framework. So it's like a client. Yeah. It's
1: like, um, it's like literally like if you have brackets, I, I want to, I don't know a lot about braces. So I guess I could be wrong about this, but I want to say it's probably Chromium. I mean, most likely. Um, so it's like, you're literally running a, a, a browser. And then, but that browser is like heavily modified to do exactly text editing and like stuff so same for same for VS code VS code which is what i use um uses electron and then atom that's the original like they invented electron um github github and atom they uh, made github made atom which they they invented electron to make atom which is one of the whole chemistry metaphor there and then um yeah, and so it's but like for a dice roller, it's really overkill. Like you're having to download all of Chromium and Node.js so that you can like roll random number, roll random numbers. So it's it's overkill. I feel bad about that a little bit, but
0: yeah. But who cares? Like you know, it's it's it, it, no one cares who's playing the game. Yeah,
1: most most machines can probably handle it. It's probably just a little developer developer developery <laughs> to like to like sit there and fret about, electron, like but some people have very strong opinions about Very developer. Yeah. You know, so, but I mean, yeah, it works. It does what it says on the tin. Uh, and then also a minimal That's my, uh, that's my very, that's a, that's a free tool for like, if you want to have a digital character sheet for like D and D it's actually, it is specific to, to the latest, version of D&D or D&D 5th edition, I should say like uh, there might be like a there might be like a, a playtest new version that I don't know about or something, but D&D 5th edition and like uh, uh that's for if you want a digital character sheet, but like don't like a lot of character sheets try to automate the whole character sheet for you and to me that's annoying. So minimalcharactersheet.com is about being uh digital because I needed it to be digital because I can't handle paper well. Um, but also I wanted it to be as close to paper as possible because I would rather use paper. I would rather play D and D at a table with dice and paper, but because of my disability, most of the times I find myself playing D and D over discord with virtual dice and virtual character sheets. <laughs> so like I'm, I'm trying to make my experience the most like paper as possible. So that's how I ended up. That's how I ended up with the, uh, Minimal character sheet. All of my tools are just excessive, uh, accessibility excessive. They might be excessive. They're all accessible, uh, accessible like, uh, I mean, assistive uh, technologies that i made for myself that I just wrapped up in a consumer product and attempted,
0: <laughs> and attempted to get other people to use them. Yeah, but that's amazing because you know what? You could have just made them for yourself and stop. but instead you made them available for the world.
1: I think it's like a developer. Uh, I mean, it's almost all. I feel like almost always the best software is the ones where the developers set out to, you know, as they say, scratch an itch, and for themselves. And then that, thats a, thats still. A, I feel like that's still a good way. I know, like, the, a lot of the conventional wisdom is to like to like look at the market and like figure out a good market fit, and I don't know, do a bunch of. I mean, I went to business school and I didn't like it. The business part of business school and like i don't know i just can't be bothered to care about the market which is bad to say but like i just when i sit out to make a new thing i'm just like what do i
0: want and then i'll just start there and i just go with that <laughs> no i love that because ultimately in other ways that is the market right i mean you're figuring out what if if you want something it's very likely that other people do yeah it's a shame. Like, and and so like a fine
1: start is like one of those uh, things I made for myself that like first I had my, I got my brother, I was like, Hey, check this out. And he was like, this is amazing. I'm going to start using this all the time. And then like, I shared it with my like word buddies and they were like, what do you think about this? And then they were like, I'm going to use this all the time now. <laughs> like, uh, so that was cool. I felt, I felt pretty good about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of my ideas, I don't know, maybe they, maybe they are more just me, but uh, I mean, I literally have very specific tools for just me, like, that help me, like, do things like managing my caregivers and stuff like that. I mean, they're super specific to, like, the way we have to report things and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's the way I like to code. I, I don't know. I just, I, if, I could, if I could get paid to just work on my side projects all day, then that's, like, my dream job or whatever. Not that I don't, like, imagine this or whatever um but no same but who doesn't want
0: to just like you know hang out and make some passive income
1: (laughs) yeah i mean even even my boss at work said like if he wasn't working at managing it's like he loves design so much that he was like oh i would spend he was like if i was like a billionaire i didn't have to work at all he was like i would still spend like 30 percent of my time doing some type of design for something because i just like it and so it's kind of that i mean i really enjoy coding, so I mean in a way I like making websites and, and apps and stuff. So I mean in a way I'm getting paid to do stuff that I would already just be doing. But yeah, I mean it'd be cooler to get paid to literally just make my own stuff all the time. That'd be awesome. I think that's what gets a lot of people into into coding originally is like like, oh man, if I if I could program, I could make this thing. Or like if I could make apps, if I could make mobile apps and I can make this like game I'd like to play or this like I mean, I, I think that's, like, how people, how it starts.
0: So, yeah, so I'm, like, don't, don't grow up. Just get a, yeah. Just have fun and, and, and explore all that stuff. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Really cool. All right, yeah, I think we should end up here. What do you think?